Do you dream of getting a promotion at your current job, but need help figuring out where to start? Today, our guest, Aleta Rochette, and your host, Sam Aiko, will be discussing ways you can learn how to improve your skills and level up your career. Aleta believes bad interviews and stagnant careers shouldn't happen to good people. The good market is fiercely competitive. It's difficult enough to get an interview. You must ace your interview and land your dream job once you get there. You need to get up to speed and make your first 100 days memorable. Aleta is an international career acceleration coach, specializing in speaking and interviewing skills. She helps her clients be noticed, remembered, and hired. Her clients range from graduates looking for their first job to C-suite executives wanting to accelerate their career. Follow our show and bookmark our podcast so you don't miss out on our fantastic Matrix mentors. It's fantastic to meet you, Aleta. Where are you from? I'm from Cape Town, South Africa, Sam. That sounds beautiful. <laughs> How did you find your current passion for helping people evolve in their careers? I think it was a, a long process, as most of these things are. Um, I've always been someone who's relatively confident and interviews were easy for me. And as a result, I was the queen of winging it. I didn't prepare well for interviews. I took it for granted that they would go well. And that worked up to the point until the day it didn't. And I was interviewing for a job at a level that I'd already worked at. So I had the skill set. I had the track record. And I thought the interview went well. And I was delighted to receive a call offering me a job but absolutely devastated when it was for a job a level lower than the one I'd applied for. And that was an enormous wake-up call for me. And that was the day I vowed to myself, I was never going to let myself down like that again. And fast forward to a few years ago when I was running for election for an elected position for a non-profit, uh, there was an extensive interview process. And I was absolutely determined I was not going to you know, do this twice. I was not going to let myself down. And I actually reached out to a friend of mine to, for some interview coaching. And I couldn't believe the difference. I mean, I was already confident, but with that strategic mindset of what are they looking for? What, are, what do you need to communicate to them was a game changer for me. And as a result, I now teach interview uh, skills. And interview skills are more than just the skills to get you through the interview. They're the same skills that you need when you stand up in a meeting and have to sell your ideas or when you present to senior management. So that's why I've now termed it career acceleration coaching because that to me, it's a broad spectrum of skills all centered around your ability to communicate and be heard and to communicate in the way that takes you places. What What is the, di what is the difference between having a great interview and a poor interview? I would say preparation. If you are an average candidate who believes that your resume will do the talking for you and you do little to no interview preparation, when the interview happens, you probably will be quite anxious, probably quite reserved. You won't be yourself. Your personality doesn't come through. And from a recruitment, recruiter perspective, if a candidate comes to me and hasn't prepared, it sets off alarm bells in my head. Have they not prepared because they don't know how or because they are too arrogant? And if they're not going to try and impress me before they've even got the job, what are the chances they would do the job well if I hired them? So you are 100% in control of the interview preparation that you do. 
And that preparation will give you the confidence to be yourself and to really just relax and be conversational in an interview. And that'll help you stand out. What does interview prep look like? A lot of it is centered around understanding the value you bring. So the people I work with, my clients and students, one thing they struggle with the most is selling their strengths. And somehow we've been conditioned to believe that if we tell someone how good we are at something, we're arrogant and that's not a good thing. But in an interview, you absolutely have to sell your strengths. And the same goes when you stand up at a meeting and you're selling your ideas. You have to be able to do it with confidence to get other people to buy in. So it's important to be able to identify your strengths. And a clue there is what do other people come to you for? What do they come to you and say, Sam, you're so good at this. Won't you do this for me? Because I just can't do it the way you can. And that's a clue as to what you can do. Um, one of the things your listeners can do is go to a website called highfivetest.com. It's H-I-G-H, the number five, test.com. And they've got a very simple test and they'll give you your top five strengths. And there are many personality tests out there, but what I love about the high five test, it gives you the language to describe the impact that strength has on a team or a project or a company. And that's helped to get your interview prep going so that you can confidently say, this is what I'm good at. This is the value I'll bring. And that helps you stand out as a candidate. That's so exciting. I'm definitely going to try that test and I'm definitely going to add the link in the description. Matrix members, if you try this test, make sure to tag Aletta and I in social media and give us some insight on what you get. So what are the top struggles you notice people have with the interview process? I think it's people aren't strategic enough. So you prepare from your viewpoint. You think this is what I need to tell them. But what we fail to do sometimes is to say, what are they looking for? And your clue is, of course, a job description. So my advice is always to go through that job description and highlight the key words, the things that are important for success in that role, and then comb your memory banks and say, have I got a story, if they're looking for someone who's good with teams, have I got a story that I could tell them to prove that I'm good with teams? And have I got a story to tell them that I'm good at managing work under pressure? So you proactively have a bank of stories that potentially you could share. And then, of course, we teach a technique. Many people are familiar with the STAR technique as a way of structuring your interview answers. It's the situation, the task, the action, the result, and that just helps you frame it. But equally important is to add on what we call the plus, which is the lessons learned. So from that situation, what lesson did you learn that you have taken on, on board and that you could potentially bring to this new role where you would take that, that value add and bring it to your new role? So finding the stories knowing your strengths and having a way to tell your stories is a way to bring your resume to life because the myth is that they've read your resume extensively and they know everything there is to, to know about you. But the truth is uh, recruiters skim through it and often they use software programs to skim through it. So they really don't know everything there is to know about you. So your job in an interview is to bring that resume to life so that they can really understand the value you can add. That's wonderful. And it clears things up so much. Um, 
so let's say we do have the we get the job and we succeed at the interview for those who feel like they're they've been in the same position for a long time in their careers how can one take steps to get promoted mm-hmm. that's such a good question sam to get ahead in your career generally you already have the skill set or the skill set is one of the things that's possibly easier to to close the gap on but where people struggle is the mindset and the mindset is equally important and i discovered this many years ago when i expected to be promoted because i'd been there and and of course they were going to promote me was the myth i had in my head the reality was they were looking for qualities that i wasn't demonstrating so put yourself in the position of the person one level above what would they be concerned about what would their priorities be look at how you communicate when you send an email or you make a presentation do you use for instance tentative language it's just an idea or this is just my two cents worth as opposed to saying i've done my research this is the way we need to go so it's starting to communicate in a more assertive way and having the mindset at a higher level and seeing the bigger picture so that you're thinking more strategically than at the level you are at and you can develop this awareness over time and then start looking at your boss's emails and conversations what language is he or she using that's making them come across as more authoritative and then start embodying those yourself and one of the most powerful techniques i've found sam is to have the mindset of i belong So if I belong at that higher level, how would I show up? How would I speak? What would concern me? What would I be flagging as an issue? Where would I be um validating people from that level? And just starting to operate at that higher mindset is the start of the process towards accelerating your career. I love this and it makes it more it makes to me like having this kind of ambition at work makes it more motivating and the idea more fun because it's like you're not stagnant in one position like you could be an active member of your company and provide value and also reap the benefits that come with it yeah and and always be looking for opportunity because often um what i see people do is they i had a client the other day and he was complaining about his boss in his office and saying he's such a difficult man and he doesn't allow people to speak up and then we started working on what would the boss be worried about and it came out that he needed kind of a lot of detail to reassure him that things were going well and that's possibly why he was so difficult because he wasn't getting the detail that he needed so if you look at it from the other viewpoint often you see things that you wouldn't see if you're just looking from the lower position and then you develop a maturity i remember so clearly being summoned by our marketing director i was in the marketing department of a multinational company and the whole team was summoned into the boardroom and the marketing director said you know really we've got to stop arriving at work late and people are spending too long on phone calls and i felt like i was being summoned into the principal's office at school you know it really felt i resented it but with hindsight Of course he could have done it in a more motivational manner. He could have said, "I love the work you're doing. I'm so excited about these projects, but guys, we have to be at work on time and we can't waste time on the phone." But he had a right from that um senior perspective to challenge us on our working hours and our time on the phone. 
But when I was thinking as a, a lower level employee, I couldn't see it. But once I developed the thinking to think, well, if I was at that position, would would I be concerned and how would I express that concern? Then you start developing the mindset and then often you can see opportunities that you've never seen before. Yes, perspective is, means so much. Mm-hmm. And I agree. It's If our leaders can think about language that motivates their employees, probably employee retention would be a lot better. Yeah, well, you know the saying, and people don't leave companies, they leave managers. And it's how people create that workplace environment. And a lot of that is created through the way you speak to people. And that's why communication is such a big part of the leadership um, puzzle. And if you're good at uh, communication, opportunities come your way inevitably. Absolutely. Let's say somebody's like me and they're from New York and their uh, language is a little aggressive. How can we practice good conversational habits if it's not innate to us? I think the first thing is always awareness. So find someone who communicates in the way that you admire, that resonates with you, and start analyzing what do they do that you don't do, and start playing with it. You don't want to change your personality because part of your assertiveness, which you're describing as aggressive language, is probably part of who you are and it's a brilliant part. But maybe you just need to adapt it a little bit. So play with it and try on that new softer Sam at the next conversation and see how it goes. But the awareness is always the first point. And then try and emulate people that you admire. Don't try and be someone that you're not because it's not going to work and it's not going to last. But it's not that you're trying to change something that's horrible. You're trying to just polish it a little bit. And and also catch yourself doing it right, Sam. You know, we far too hard on ourselves. And if we keep on saying, oh, you should have done it that way, it, it's really not helping. So celebrate what you are already doing well and then just work on a few little tweaks here and there to improve it. Oh, I love your advice. What does it take to get into a C-suite? I think it takes um, a maturity. It takes a bigger picture thinking because you can't just be focused on your little center of the, the company or your project or your office. You've got to understand how that fits into the, the bigger picture, the more strategic thinking, the more strategic planning of the company or organization you're working um, with. You've also got to understand the people in the game. That was my biggest shock when I first went into corporate was to see the politics at play. My eyes were on stalks because it just I didn't understand the rules of the game. And often the rules of the game are not who reports to who, it's who's got influence to who. Um, so you've got to understand how what those dynamics are like and be yourself, have integrity, but always add value because you build trust by delivering results. You build trust by treating people well. And if people trust you, they will see you as being capable of delivering at a higher level. So it, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of awareness, but with the right skills and possibly get a coach to help you. Because sometimes we can't see things ourselves because we're too close to the situation. But working with a coach can help you point you in the right direction and, and ask you the right questions so that you can make those, um, th- those progressive steps getting you where you want to go. What kind of mindset and maturity 
do we have to develop to achieve these kind of goals? I believe, and it's my personal leadership philosophy, that I don't believe that you can get to the top if you're only project focused. You need to be someone who works with the people, the human capital in your team and places a value on the humans there and gets the best out of them by treating them well, by building teams that thrive. And teams that thrive often spend, they, they make sure they put some time on the agenda to talk about being, not just about doing. So it's working on that team dynamic, working on the team building, which is not just a fun activity once every six months. It's the validation. Validation is an incredibly powerful leadership tool. So if you can build your team and it's people who want to be there because the working conditions are good, and even if times are tough, they still love working, and you as the leader is, in, is making that possible, that is a mindset that will take you far. How can one attract the attention of their senior management? One of the ways, and again, it's a lesson from my earlier working days when I got it wrong. I remember having a performance review with my boss and he said to me, I'm not getting the same level of work from you as I am from someone else in the same level. And I was so angry. Oh my goodness, because I was working my socks off and I was so angry that he couldn't see it. And only years later did I realize that what was wrong was I was working in my little bubble. And because he irritated me, I avoided him. And he, as the boss, needed to know what I was doing because else he was being kept in the dark. So part of what people need to take that next step or to get into senior management or C-suite is you need to understand what people above you need and they need to be communicated with. They need to know that your values are the same as theirs. They need to know that you care. But, you know, it's again past a, part of building that trust is delivering, it's treating people well, it's communicating. So the catalyst for me in all of this is your communication skills. Because if you can communicate well, not just the things that are easy to communicate, but the important things or the difficult things, that is going to help you be noticed and remembered for the right reasons, not because you're wasting someone's time or you're being difficult. So people skills and communication skills to me are a vital part of the package that I would be looking for if I was looking to promote someone. Hypothetically, if you had a client that was in the same position that you were in, where they were working their socks off and then they get confronted by their boss and they're tempted to have that avoidant tendency, what would you advise them to do instead of avoiding their boss? I think I would advise them, number one, to understand it from the boss's perspective, to understand why it's important. You know, we don't know what we don't know. But once you're made aware of it, you can make the changes. And I had one other performance appraisal that was difficult to hear where my boss told me that he didn't feel I was totally committed to my job. And again, I thought, well, I'm here, I'm working all these hours. And he said to me, it's not an hours thing, it was an attitude. But once he pointed it out to me, I could figure out how to improve it and the next performance appraisal went well. But if... You need to be honest with people because if they don't know what they don't know, they can't fix what you see to be a problem. So if you care about them and you want to develop them, you've got to have those honest conversations. And I would also say to people or to my younger self, I would say get a coach, get a mentor, get someone who's been there, who's ahead of you, who can make things 
clear to you that you can't possibly do it yourself. You don't have to figure it out alone. Get someone you trust to help you, and that almost inevitably will accelerate your progress. Absolutely. Send uh, huge thanks to all the mentors and coaches out there helping people because after high school and college, that's when we start realizing that these resources and these wise people that can help us get closer to our dreams and goals are worth their weight in gold. Yeah. And it doesn't, we can always reach out and find a professional to help us, even if we're far away from school. It's even been years. Yeah. Finding a mentor is a lifelong, the beauty of the journey, right? Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, if, it's it's a big thing now to have a coach or a mentor, but still so many people don't because I think there's kind of this perception I should be able to do it myself. I used to be like that. I'll figure it out. But you can shorten your learning curve. And that's why the top professionals in sports and captains of industry, they all have coaches because they know that they don't need to do it all themselves and that they can not shorten the learning curve. They can make bigger strides and have more impact if they have someone in their corner with them. And whether it's a mentor or a coach, doesn't matter. Whether it's free or paid, it doesn't matter. Get someone that you trust to, to walk that journey with you. I love that you mentioned trust because I think that's the biggest thing. Because mm -hmm. um, I, I guess, like, and from my own experience, my hesitations of choosing a coach, even though now I'm warming up to the idea of it, was all about trust. Mm -hmm. It was like, how do I know I'm going to get these results? I'm going to put in this work, but is this person going to look at the work I'm doing? Yeah. And How and can we build trust with our mentors so that we can commit to the program? I think the first thing is to have a conversation with the person you're considering right up front and find out how they operate, find out what they expect from you, because it it is a partnership, but you still have to put in the work. So it, it's not like, you know, you the coach will give you the keys to the, the golden whatever. You've got to do the work and they will challenge you and hold you accountable, but they also have to speak from a place of possibility. Your best coach will be someone who sees the future you and believes in that vision and can take you towards that. If it's a coach that's going to be critical of you or not resonate, you know, they might be a good coach, but they just the, your personalities don't gel. Find another one. Find someone who inspires you and who you want to work with but someone who's not, you're not looking for a cheerleader. Cheerleaders aren't going to help you. You need someone who's going to challenge you and, and take you further. And then that's the sweet spot in my mind. I love that. It sounds so motivating. <laughs> what can make one candidate stand out from the others? Primarily interview prep, but coupled with that would be the ability to show some personality. Remember, even though they're hiring a functionary, say now they're looking for a project manager, they're probably interviewing 10 project managers. They all can do the job. So they're looking for someone who can fit into the team, who can fit into the culture of the company, who can be someone that everybody wants to work with. They don't want a diva. They're not looking for someone who is diametrically opposed to their values. And that's part of your interview prep. What are the values of the company? Do they resonate with you and why? Can you answer the question, why do you want to work here? And, you know, it, values are so important. So if you can, you know, one of the things you often get asked in an interview is tell me about yourself. 
And some people fall into the trap of reading their resume and thinking that that's the right answer. My advice is to think of something that's not on your resume. Speak from a place of passion. You love cycling, you love traveling, you love dog training, whatever it is. And speak about something that makes you come alive as a person, because often they'll ask you that question at the beginning of an interview. So speak about something you love. And if you're clever, you can take whatever you learn from that and relate it to the business world. And say, I had a client once who was not very um, outgoing, but when he spoke about training to um, cycle a leg of the Tour de France and the planning and the preparation and the commitment and the struggles, he came alive. And then he said, those skills that I used and the tenacity I built, I use now in my job. And that was a brilliant way of taking something outside of your resume and making it, you know, it's interesting and engaging, but it's got business relevance as well. So try and do something like that, to, and that will make you stand out as a candidate. I love this shift. It makes it sound more exciting to do an interview instead of more fearful. Yeah. <laughs> How can someone build their influence at work? Again, I come back to the word trust, and I come back to the word people. You cannot have influence if people don't listen to you. You cannot have influence if people don't respect you and if they don't trust you. So delivering on what you say you'll deliver builds trust. Being kind to people, being good to people and validating people. And, you know, it's easy to validate people who agree with you, but you also need to start validating people who have got different opinions because they make you think. And you need to say, you know, thanks for that challenging conversation. I learned something from it. So building your influence is, is a... It's built over time. It's not an event-based thing. But if you can be someone that others can trust, that they can rely on, and who they like working with, then immediately you've got influence. And influence isn't title-bound. You can have tremendous influence, even as one of the more junior employees, if everyone trusts you and wants to work with you and listens to you. So influence can run many ways, but be good at what you do, love what you do, be good to people, deliver the results, and care care about the job, care about the people, and then you build a legacy of trust that will take you far. Absolutely. If our, one of our Matrix members were to contact you and want to join your program, how would the coaching process look like? What I do is I offer people um, the opportunity to apply for what I call a free Accelerate Your Career Coaching session. And that's a one-on-one, -on -one, um, about 45 minutes to an hour. And that's when I find out what they're looking for. And then once we've found out and I understand where they're coming from, what they're looking for, then I can give them an idea of what I can offer. I've got a number of programs. Some of them are online. Some of them are group coaching. Some of them are one-on-one -on -one coaching. So there's a range of options uh, that will fit your needs and fit your budget but the, the starting point is me to understand a bit more about you. Um, I don't like the idea of creating a program and assume that it, it's going to be perfect for everyone because it's a one-size-fits-all. It's a bespoke training program. And part of that is, goes back to what we said earlier on. The person, one of your listeners and I, have to determine whether we're a good fit for one another. And that's, you know, we do that in a, in a conversation. And then I give them options and they make a decision. And it's as simple as that. So um, it's a discovery. We, we, we learn more about one another. If our Matrix members want to contact you, where can they find you? 
They can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Aleta Roshar. They can, um, I'll give you links for the show notes. Um, I'll give you a link for the Accelerate Your Career coaching session that they can sign up for. And um, aletaroshar.com is the website. Would love to hear from them because, yeah, helping people is my passion. Absolutely. Yes, I would love to ask you, how did you find yourself in the career that you're currently in? <laughs> it's a long story, Sam. It's... It happened completely by accident. Um, I joke that I was running away from my kids and I went to a Toastmasters meeting and just loved what I saw. wanted to learn to be as articulate as these people were. And I started doing PR for the club and somebody phoned and they said, you know, tell us about what you do. I said, come to our meeting. And this woman said to me, I'm too, I'm phoning for my boss. He's too busy. Can't you help him? So I said, Yes. And he became my first client, the chairman of a group of companies, very successful businessman, but terrified of speaking at his own 50th birthday party. So I started with speech coaching and, and built a practice around that. And then I started doing interview skills coaching. And that's just grown and grown. And now it's the career acceleration because I never just talk about interview skills or, or presentation skills. It's about building confidence. It's about building the belief in yourself. It's about getting your message across. So it's, it's an absolute joy to do this work. And my biggest reward is seeing my clients just take off and just be so confident and stepping into their power and achieving their dreams. And, and that's the best reward ever. Thank you so much for your work. Helping someone find their voices must be so fulfilling. Yeah. And I think for me, Growing up, I was always nervous. I was confident, but I was nervous about speaking my mind, if I can put it that way. And as I've grown up and learned a few things and had a few experiences, there's a lot of quiet authority in just knowing who you are and being able to speak up when you need to speak up. You don't need to be the loudest voice in the room, but so much is available to you when you can find your voice and speak up to things that matter to you. And we need to hear your voice. We need to, you to make a difference. And you speaking up is, is a key part of that. Thank you so much, Matrix members. I encourage you to contact Aletta. I know it's going to be an enriching experience. Aletta, thank you so much for your wisdom. Are you ready for our rapid fire round? Absolutely. <laughs> if you can be any animal, who would you be and why? I've always been fascinated by a giraffe. They're tall so they can see things that other animals can't. They've got the most gorgeous eyelashes and they are incredibly graceful. So I've always been attracted to giraffes. That's beautiful. If you were to be a superhero, what superpowers would you have? <sighs> I belong to a, a, a group of ladies we run three times a week and we call ourselves the wonder women but i think our superpower would be that we care deeply for one another and that we check in on one another and if i had one superpower i had to choose it would be the ability to make people communicate properly with caring with love to get their message across and get rid of all the, the other extraneous stuff so wonder woman with a communication focus <laughs> That sounds wonderful. And how would you like to spend your free time? 
I love nature. I love exercise. I'm often running, not particularly far, not very fast. Um, if I need to de-stress, I go walk in beautiful gardens or I go hiking up a mountain close to where I live. And I love time with friends and family. It's, it's as simple as that. Um, I don't need the bright lights. I just need nature, beauty and quiet time. Um, yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Aletta. I feel like I've learned so much and I even feel more confident after this conversation. Oh, that's brilliant, Sam. Well, carry on doing the wonderful work that you do because I know that you're making a difference. And thank you so much for the opportunity of sharing it with your listeners. Do you want to accelerate your career? Visit the link in the description below to work with Aletta. Collaborating with Aletta may create a crystal clear vision for the results you want and for your team to produce. For the way you'd like to be seen and the reputation you'd like to build. If our talk supports you on your journey to career evolution, tag us on social media and tell us about your experience. All feedback is welcome and helps us serve our fellow Matrix members. To stay up to date with our Matrix mentors and what we have in store for you, bookmark our website and subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. It was great to have you with us on the Organic Matrix show and we'll be seeing you on the following download.